Supergirl Radio Rebirth, your source for the DC comic series called Supergirl Rebirth. My name is Rebecca Johnson. I'm Morgan Glennon. And for this episode of the podcast, we are going to discuss and review Supergirl number 23, which was written by Mark Andreco with art penciled by Kevin McGuire, inked by Sean Parsons, and colored by F.C.O. Placencia. The description for this issue reads, quote, Supergirl's cosmic quest continues as she searches the galaxy for the truth about Rogelzar's connection to Krypton's destruction. And if there are any other culprits to be brought to justice, the library police are hot on Kara's trail after she breaks into the Green Lantern database on Mogo, but she's short on credits to pay the fine, unquote. Uh, So this did see... Supergirl going uh, to try to find more information about uh, what happened to Krypton, and she has uh, some interactions with Green Lanterns. Uh, But the biggest uh, aspect of the issue was that uh, she, she gets some answers, but she gets more questions so uh morgan what did you think about how supergirl's quest for the truth uh about the the, about who killed the kandorians it's now involving some stone collecting what are your thoughts on that you know (laughs) you can you can never have enough stones (laughs) i'm of the gotta catch them all (laughs) opinion uh, poke stones. Uh, <laughs> uh, it, it just kind of reminds me. We joke on the uh, shameless plug Legends of Tomorrow podcast. We joke about like how every season they have some like weird MacGuffin thing that they have to collect for no apparent reason. And like I think we called it like the Rubik's Cube, where they're just like it's just some random thing that they have to get for some random reason. And that's what this feels like to me. This like these stones are like her Rubik's Cube, and if she <laughs> finally puts them all together and and like pulls them in the right direction she'll find out the truth like it's just okay i guess i mean i guess this uh this weird guy has left um what's it called in harry potter when you like leave little pieces of your soul all over the place horcruxes horcruxes yeah hasn't he essentially left horcruxes all over the place like aren't that sort of what these stones are well it's not so much a piece of himself. It's just, uh, I guess, so Appa, this uh, this guardian who has this holographic memory that is is talking to Supergirl on this issue, he says, I placed my confessions throughout the universe. I could not chance that a single archive would be discovered and destroyed. So I think that makes sense in some regard because he doesn't want all of the... But I'm, I'm all right. So I'm a little confused because <laughs> he does put so he puts his confessions out there, but then he spreads them out. Like I'm confused as why he, why would he do that? Why would you even put your confessions to your wrongdoing? Maybe he had a guilty conscience. Maybe he was like, if I die, I want the truth to get out there because I won't have to face the consequences anymore. But maybe people should know the truth. But I'm going to make them work for it. Like, in some ways, I guess it makes sense that he would spread it out so that nobody would know the full truth. But then he also does want people to know the truth. So I'm very confused. I, I think maybe the reason that he, he did that was because if anyone found one of them, 
they could say, like, get rid of half of the truth, but they couldn't, like, cover up the full truth. I think the reason that he sort of spread them out was to, like, avoid a cover-up from the other members of this circle. Oh. So it's sort of like, um, you know, like a like a backup. And, and maybe, <laughs> like, part of the confessions implicate other people, but don't implicate him. It's, it's I don't know, maybe, maybe he was, uh, he was wanting to make the truth about other people in the circle available and maybe not about himself maybe he was like hey you know uh i my my stuff my wrongdoings i'll have in this one thing here but uh if you want to know about other people in the circle you have to go dig uh for these other stones but so that's a little confusing, but this is what the story says that has happened. He has put his confessions in uh, throughout the universe in these stones. So the first one he gives her is this red stone. Um, and so she's going to have to go and collect other stones in order to get the whole truth. Um, and at one point she does drop the red stone and then there's a whole situation where Crypto swoops in and catches it in his mouth and then there's a little... Uh, game of catch i guess that happens with uh bedig the uh the squirrel looking uh he sort of looked like a fox in this issue yeah he did he's the one who's supp supposedly looking like a squirrel uh, but he is a green lantern so they have a little game of catch fetch whatever you want to say uh with crypto uh so there's a lot of uh emphasis on the stones and collecting the stones i didn't think he was nice enough to crypto well, you know, I think there is a little uh, competitive nature. I feel like there's some tension there. Yeah, I, I do. I do think there is some some tension, uh, some some competition that's going in there. Uh, so I guess we will have to wait for future issues to see more of this stone collecting that Supergirl is going to be doing. Um, and uh, aside from that situation with uh, Appa, the guardian that she uh, gets this information from, she also has some pretty big interactions with the Green Lanterns. And I was curious what you thought, Morgan, about getting to see uh, the planet Mogo be sentient. We, we learned that in a previous issue that the planet was a sentient planet. And we wondered how that worked, how that worked and operated. And in this issue, we got to see that when uh, Mogo, the planet, the planet, helped Supergirl out. <laughs> so, what did you think about that? I was psyched. We got to see <laughs> the planet actually do some stuff uh, and help out Supergirl. That planet, like, knew what it was about. That planet. <laughs> Was like, no, no, Supergirl, I'll help you. Uh, <laughs> we had so many questions the last time about like, wait, did they say that the planet has like feelings? <laughs> and the planet was like, no, not only feelings, I have a strong moral code. <laughs> so <laughs> um, I, I really like, I feel like one of my favorite characters in this issue was the planet uh, was the planet Mogo? I think that the planet Mogo was like pretty chill. Also, kind of, kind of, uh, like, kind of mean to the inhabitants of its own planet. <laughs> like, when, uh, when the the one Green Lantern at the end is trying to like hold Supergirl back from um from escaping, and then Mogo's like. Or geyser time, and just like shoots uh, like a geyser of water. 
I mean, Mogo is like a little trickster. Yeah, uh, Mogo did stop the Green Lantern. Uh, Salek, I'm guessing. Uh, Salek was trying to stop Supergirl from leaving, and Mogo prevented it. So there, <laughs> there was uh, some disregard for the Green Lanterns uh, on the the planet Mogo's part. Um, and I think maybe this is just me reading into things, but it seemed like Mogo even fueled up Supergirl's ship. Is that the impression you got? I think so. I think so. I I think the Mogo was like, hold hold on. It's a uh, we don't we don't pump our own gas here. <laughs> Mogo is like is like New Jersey in that way, in that you have your own uh, uh, gas station attendant. In this case, it's a sentient planet. <laughs> I like Mogo. I I don't pump my own gas, so I don't know how that works. <laughs> <laughs> so Mogo fueled up Supergirl's ship and even programmed the coordinates of where she was going to go. So Mogo super helpful uh, in this issue for Supergirl. It's too bad she couldn't take Mogo with her because Mogo has been maybe the most helpful in this arc so far. Yes. Although, I, I mean, I have to give props to Crypto. Uh, always coming in clutch. <laughs> yes. <laughs> with stones and cute faces. and <laughs> Yes. Uh, Crypto and Mogo, uh, great sidekicks for Supergirl in this issue. Uh, so I did think that that was really very interesting to see actually how the planet did become sentient. I was wondering how that worked. And so we did see that. It is still very strange to me, though. I haven't really wrapped my brain around it fully. Uh, so I don't ex exactly know how that operates, but at least we got to see some instance of the sentient planet and how that worked. So we also, in this issue, met a character named Gandello, I think is how maybe you pronounce that, at the very end of the issue. I think so. What, what do you think about Gandello, uh, first impressions? Gandello has some great fashion, great <laughs> fashion sense. Uh, they are crushing it um <laughs> they are fashion actually because because apparently uh part of their body is just a giant statement necklace and i appreciate that <laughs> it's just like like a giant ice ruff around gandello's neck um which does really give you a, a like a feeling of formality like <laughs> i could imagine like gandello's in a, a gorgeous blue like giant sleeve gown <laughs> yes. uh which i feel like probably they gandello puts a bunch of stuff in their sleeve like <laughs> i don't know extra playing cards so they can cheat at poker <laughs> and <laughs> maybe a couple weapons who knows what's up there but uh but i feel like even in like a pair of like sweatpants with that rough you're gonna look formal <laughs> <laughs> It's going to dress up any outfit is what I'm saying. <laughs> uh, I, I do think it is worth mentioning, like you said, that the uh, the icicles near Gandello's head do look like um, almost like a Disney villain collar. A <laughs> yes. Little bit, a little bit. So that is a good point that it, it, it does seem to be almost part of Gandello's uh, attire. So it's a good point. Um yeah, I'm not sure what to think about Gandello at this point. 
Uh, but I do think it's also worth mentioning that Gandello has interactions with our little alien friends. Oh, and we find out how they're related. Yes. Which was a question that I had. I was like, does the alien just change colors? No, like they're cousins. <laughs> Which is amazing. Yeah, Hackman and Cezal are cousins. And uh, Cezal was very uh, crafty. And I guess uh mogo was so busy uh, fueling up the ship uh uh the planet didn't notice that Cezal hit a tracking device on supergirl's ship so mogo really the sentient planet really dropped the ball <laughs> on uh, that that instance god mogo but i really enjoyed with uh our our uh red alien friend hackman he was very proud to tell Gandolo that uh, no Rogel Czar files were breached in the archive. He made sure of it. He was very proud that he protected something in those archives because uh, that was very, very important to Hackman at, uh, at his introduction. So I enjoyed, <laughs> I enjoyed getting more uh, updates on our little strange alien friends. I also like that they both appear to be like talking into like iPhones. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're talking into some device. It's flat and it looks iPhone-esque. Like, we can't really see it, so it could just be, like, another crystal or something. But it certainly looks like an iPhone with, like, a baby blue case. It almost looks like a, an iPhone sort of on its side. Yes, right? Like like how you would have it next to your face. I swear on the, um, on Cezal's uh, phone device. It looks like there's even like the button that you press on the side to end the call. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just love the idea that there it's this advanced society and uh, they have like the uh, sentient planets and squirrel people and uh and also um they communicate by the iphone because uh, because because such is the power of apple <laughs> even they have to deal with the uh bothersome aspect of how they uh, uh of how apple will update the earbuds just so that they can make you buy new earbuds. <laughs> she's I was like making that call and she's like, oh, I'm sorry, my battery, my battery's dying. <laughs> <laughs> Even Cezal and Hackman have to deal with the uh, the terrible problems of Apple. Mogo, just like us. <laughs> <laughs> well, I also, I felt bad for Hackman because I know we've seen in previous issues where he's having to run a lot. He does seem to have to run a whole bunch. And I feel bad for him because because if you look at this little guy, he's, he's, how, how does one put this? He's, he's bigger around the bottom. <laughs> I mean, he's carrying all of his weight where you would have to like work your little legs the most, probably. <laughs> yes. His, his legs are very large and his feet, if you can call them that, are very big and so for him to have to climb up all those stairs i feel really bad for him he must he must have to work really hard to get up all those steps he's huffing he's huffing up those stairs huff 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 <laughs> <laughs> but maybe his legs are big because it's just all muscle that's very possible hackman has been running up those stairs every day and he's just like it's all muscle down there. So I was just really impressed with Hackman being able to go up, up, up those stairs and run all that way to get to Gandello. 
All right. Well, um, were there any other things before we get to the art in this issue? Was there anything else that you wanted to chat about in terms of the story? Uh, good question. Uh, we covered some oh. of my favorite things. <laughs> the, the planet, the uh, our, our second favorite set of cousins now, <laughs> I think. Uh, <laughs> right up there with Superman and Supergirl. Super, Superman, Supergirl, number one. Hackman, style number two. Um, I, I like the use of crypto in this one. I thought that was really fun. How, like, she drops something and she's like, oh, no. And Crypto's like, don't worry. <laughs> uh, that was pretty awesome because Crypto, uh, crypto is always the one that you want in a in any kind of situation, I think. I, I found uh, it took me a second to figure out her uh, Little Shop of Horrors reference, which I kind of felt bad about myself for. Like when when one of the um, one of the Green Lanterns creates like a chomping plant that <laughs> gets her, and she calls it Audrey, and I was like, I don't I don't get it. And then I was like, Wait, Little Shop. <laughs> and it actually does look like Audrey it does. too from Little Shop of Horrors. It does it does resemble that very much. Solid musical reference. <laughs> yes unexpected from uh, a green lantern uh, situation but it did definitely did look like that well and i guess since we're talking a little bit about the art did you have any favorite pages or panels i felt like i really liked i liked the first panel because uh, it was very dramatic um, but also because I don't think I realized how weird her costume was last time. Okay. Okay. This I wanted uh, to talk to you about. <laughs> I'm very curious about your thoughts on this. Cause I have thoughts on this. My opinion is what's happening. Like what is happening? What is she wearing? <laughs> why is she wearing what she's wearing? <laughs> um, why isn't the S shield complete? It's, it's, um, as somebody who likes most of her things to be, uh, complete it or um you know i have to start like a i have to start a thing at the beginning and then finish it at the end like the fact that that s shield is only like half on there is driving me crazy okay here's what i think is happening there so is it like is it a shadow so what I have a problem with, and for those listening and following along, uh, we're looking at the like the Comixology digital a copy of this issue, and we're looking at page four. Okay, it's also definitely not a shadow. I just scrolled through the entire book, and that S-Shield is not complete in like basically any panel. So what I think is happening there, so my problem with this costume is is the fact that she has this like sash thing that goes underneath her legs. And I find that to be even irritating to look at. And I can't imagine how she's walking around or flying around with that like that. But that thing, I think, is coming over her shoulder. So I think that black sashy thing is going from her left shoulder down her chest underneath her legs why would that why would you do, who wh- who would why would what is it for why would you do that <laughs> it doesn't even make sense it's it's literally you're going to get wrapped up in it like <laughs> when you wake up in the middle of the night and like the bed sheet has like just completely wrapped around you and you're like <laughs> oh my god i need to escape like that's what she's fighting in <laughs> i don't understand it it I think we didn't see as much of this previously because she had was it was it 
the last issue where she had the hood on. I can't remember. I think it, yeah, I think it was a little she more had the hood hidden. on the last time. Yeah, I think it was a little more hidden previously. And so this issue, we really got a good look at it. And I have to say, I don't care for it. I, I do not care for it. I am not a big fan of this. I don't mind the red and the black, but I don't understand that sashy thing. Why is it going between her legs, Morgan? I don't understand the functionality of that. Doesn't make any sense. It, it It's annoying looking. Like, it looks like at first... I thought, oh, like, the wind is blowing it that way. But, like, how can the wind always be blowing it that way? It doesn't doesn't make any sense. Rebecca, it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I can't. Look at page eight. Go to page eight. There is a middle, okay. there is a middle panel of page eight where it's behind her. The perspective is looking at her backside. And the sashy thing, whatever that is, is coming up underneath her legs and flowing outwards why is it like this i don't understand the functionality i noticed something on page let me see if i can find it now there was one page where it looked like it had maybe blown in the other direction <laughs> okay it's on page 10 at the top in the top panel you can see the complete s shield yes but you can't see it in any other panel so what is happening what is happening with this costume? <sighs> because I thought that the I thought that the the sash I had I I had accepted the sash, but now I feel like I must question the placement of the sash because clearly the sash can be somewhere else because it was in that one panel, but it is nowhere else somewhere else. Do you know what I mean? Like what's happening? Is the sash <laughs> thing that goes around her shoulder Connected to the cape? And what is the functional use of this sash thing? Like, there's no... There's, I, I, I mean, this is what people listen to the podcast for, I'm sure. So. Yes. <laughs> so I, I feel like I was going to apologize, but no, let's, uh, let's, let's get into this, because I, I had a lot of problems with this costume. But, like, wouldn't that decrease mobility is my thing? It seems like it would just get in the way. I don't understand it from, like, a technical perspective like i think it would get in the way i don't understand it from a fashion perspective because i've never felt the need to like put on a scarf and then just like make sure that it like wraps around my leg or something like gotta tie that off at the inner thigh it's the look now like what <laughs> i don't what's happening <laughs> i i just don't like it i don't understand it what if she had a cape but also a cape that came in the front like, no, why? I could, I mean, if it was a scarf, I could almost see it. Your neck gets chilly sometimes. Like, okay, I'd accept that. Maybe it's chilly on Mogo. I don't know. I don't, I haven't been there. But this doesn't make any sense. Like, this doesn't make, and it's just, it's clearly just like, it. it's it like a, like a flap of fabric that just goes her legs over top of her shield it just doesn't look right like on page 16 there's a top the top left panel it shows supergirl uh <laughs> yes from behind and you see the sashy thing like it's just, just down there. there it looks like she has a tail yeah it looks like either a tail or like a third leg or something it is it's the strangest so strange. thing it is so weird 
Well, I'm I'm glad that you wanted to bring that up because that was one of my <laughs> biggest talking points about this issue. I was like, what is happening with this costume? I couldn't wrap my head around it. I uh I couldn't understand what was happening with it. I thought I was going crazy. This was this was the uh the Turin Golden Axe of this issue. <laughs> where I was like, what is what is reality even? Like what is happening? I appreciate the effort to create something new for Supergirl, but this doesn't make any kind of sense. This ain't it. <laughs> I liked in the uh I forget which issue it was. Let me look this up really quickly. Because I, I made a comment on our website about it because I forgot to mention uh, while we were talking about. So in Supergirl number 21, it looked like the um, when Supergirl was pressing down on her S-Shield in that issue, it looked like it activated something to change the uh, the suit. And I thought it was cool. It, I don't know, because uh, we're reading this so late, but at the time, it might have uh, been sort of a way to synergize with the TV show where Supergirl presses on her S-Shield and it changes her costume. She can uh, create that... Um, like anti-kryptonite suit that she wears by doing that. And in uh, the comics, it did sort of echo that a little bit. And I thought that that was a really cool use of the costume and doing something different to the costume. But here in this issue, at number 23, I think they tried something different, but it wasn't something that made sense. At least with the pressing of the S-Shield, that made sense and it was a good change. But yeah, I, I think this costume is, uh, that was a, a swing and a miss. Not my favorite. I hope it's just uh, something for the planet Mogo. Maybe it's Mogo fashion. We just don't understand. <laughs> Mogo was like, while you're here, let me give you some clothes. You know what you could use is just a gorgeous sash. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then Mogo just like presented her the sash. She's like, you you want gas for your, your ship? You're going to have to wear this sash. <laughs> so uh, that that was probably my biggest issue in terms of the art and what I didn't like about this issue. But I did like a lot of, especially when we got to see the Green Lanterns in the darkened area towards the end of the issue. I thought it was a really great use of green. Uh, a lot of cool looking, um, like, uh, sort of glow-in-the-dark uh, visuals there with all the the green lanterns. I thought it was really cool, especially on page nineteen when all the lanterns trap Supergirl with their constructs. I thought that was a really really cool image, um, and so I liked all the use of the the green because you got green lanterns in this issue. So it's nice to see the green lanterns doing things. Yeah, that was pretty cool. I also really liked. Um, there's a a good use of humor in this issue where. Supergirl is trying to get uh, away from Jon Stewart and Kyle Rayner, and she uh, does sort of that spinning and digging a hole uh, move that Superman and Supergirl do sometimes. Uh, I thought it was a a nice use of humor there that she had tricked Kyle Rayner, and Jon Stewart was uh, kind of upset that they they got tricked. So um, I do like the, the good use of 
uh, humor and visuals to convey that. So that I thought was very, very effective. Um, so a lot of the humor here I think is good. Even, uh, you know, Supergirl being trapped by the Green Lanterns and she's like, I can explain. Everything's fine. I can explain. So I do, I, I think even um, just uh, using Green Lanterns and having this crazy situation that's going on. I, I, I laughed quite a bit th- uh, through this issue. That was like one of my favorite parts too, where he was like, you didn't think to like complete the, how does he say it? You left the bottom of your construction open. How long have you been a lantern? <laughs> Which is so funny. It's just like, yeah, he didn't go all the way around her. And she was just like, whoops, <laughs> just going to spin, do a quick spin. She found that uh, loophole there. And I also did like the cinematic use of the uh, extreme close-up of the eyes on page 13. Um, I, I liked that because it, to me, that emphasized that Supergirl was about to make a decision. And then we also got to see a Green Lantern's reaction to that uh, decision. So I thought I thought the visuals there were, were very effective. Uh, I, liked, I liked on page, uh, what page is this? Uh, 20. 19 sorry uh where all of those like green lines are like trapping her and she's like trying to like struggle out of it i thought that the the way like the placement of all those lines across the page was very cool yeah and i like the sound effects i could i could almost visualize it in my head where you know it's all the green lanterns trying you know they're individually like wrapping themselves around supergirl it's like zap 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 so you go one by one to see the Green Lanterns uh, throw their constructs on her as if they're, you know, trying to do it um, sort of around the same time. And they're all uh, in a coordinated movement to try and trap her. So, yeah, I, I think that page was probably the most effective out of anything to really get me into the story visually. Uh, so I, I, I think that that might be my favorite page in the in the whole issue. Well, uh, so overall thoughts on issue number 23. What did you think? I enjoyed this one. I think I enjoyed it maybe a little bit less than some of the other ones just because it was so much of her kind of fighting with the lanterns, which was kind of fun, but also kind of like it's one of those things where most of these people are probably good guys, but the, she can't tell them because she can't trust them. So they're, it's all kind of a misunderstanding that they're fighting. So it's kind of like, okay, all right. And it, it goes on for so long in the issue. Um, but I did like that we had some good crypto action. I liked uh, learning about the sentient planet. Uh, and I think that Supergirl got some some fun action sequences in this one. So I think overall, I enjoyed it. And it it uh, it made me more interested in where this story is going. Um, because now she's got, you know, got to catch them all. Yeah. She's got to get all those other jewels, however many there are. <laughs> yeah, she has got to catch them all. Yeah, I think Supergirl's dilemma is... Uh, the reason she doesn't feel like she can tell the Green Lanterns anything is because of her interaction with the holographic bit of memory uh, named Appa Ali Apsa, this uh, old uh, uh, guardian of the universe that she has interacted with. And she's like, well, if a guardian is involved, are the Green Lanterns in on it too? So she can't really trust any of them, even though she knows they're good guys. 
So it is a dilemma for her, and I can understand it. Uh, but it would be easier if she was just like, here's the problem. This is the deal. Um, so it would be kind of nice if she just told them the truth and then maybe they could help her. But at least Mogo helped her out. It's all good because the sentient planet Mogo uh, gave her what she needed. Uh, the one thing that uh, we didn't talk about that I th- that really... Uh, moved me a little bit in this issue uh, in a sort of a profound way. Um, there's a conversation between Supergirl and Appa Ali Apsa, who uh, he says to her, are you prepared for the truth, child of L? And she, and Supergirl talks to herself and she says, am I all this time carrying around this guilt and sadness? If I let them go, who will I be then? And that kind of just hit me as a, a very a deep question for Supergirl to ask herself because she is a character who is sort of born, I mean, not sort of, she is born out of sadness. She um, has to leave her planet uh, and, and her planet, all the people that she knew there blow up. And she's even, you know, lost these Kandorians who are in the bottle city of Kandor. So she has a lot of sadness and there probably is a little bit of guilt there too. Um, And so in some ways that does define the character of Supergirl. But my question for her would be, well, why do you have to let those things go? Because in my view, guilt and sadness, if you learn from them, can make you a better and stronger person. And so I thought, well, I don't think you have to let them go. You just have to make them strengthen your character. So I wish I could talk to Supergirl about that question because uh, for her, I think she thinks that that defines everything that she is um, instead of just being something that uh, gives her uh, a strength of her character. So I I thought that was a very, very profound question for her to ask herself. Um, So I know we talked a lot of silliness about the costume, but that was something that (laughs) um, moved me in a very, very profound way for the character of Supergirl, because I think that's, that's something that I've noticed with a lot of her stories that she is, that she is a character who does encounter sadness and sometimes does have some guilt So that was something that I I appreciated that the story allowed her to ask herself that. So I'm I'm curious if if she will if she will answer that question for herself. So that I thought was a a nice little bit of writing, even though it was a a small uh, dialogue between those two characters in in a big uh, a bigger issue. So I I really I really liked that a lot. Yeah, I liked the way that it sort of got into how the everything that happened with Krypton has affected her and like sort of built her up as a person. And like, if she solves that mystery, does she have to let go of that? And I think that that, like you said, it is like, she doesn't have to, it could be something that she learns from, but I think right now she's very angry and sort of upset and, kind of maybe back in that place of being upset where she had maybe kind of moved on and started living on earth and, and being more 
involved in that kind of thing and that kind of stuff and now she's sort of brought back to this like traumatizing event yeah if you if you let anger and sadness and guilt consume you that can be a negative thing that can definitely uh be something that you would want to let go so i think that it depends on uh what supergirl wants to do with it so uh that's it's something that I'm curious to see what she, you know, how she acts from here on out and what she intends to uh, do with that guilt and sadness that's inside of her. So good questions for the character of Supergirl in this issue. Well, I think that's going to do it for our thoughts on Supergirl number 23. If you've already picked up this issue, make sure to give it a rating in Comixology or your DC Comics app. And if you haven't bought it yet, Supergirl number 23 is available in the DC Comics app, the Comixology app, as well as Comixology.com, Google Play, the Nook Store, Amazon, and at ReadDCEntertainment.com. If you would like to contact Supergirl Radio, you can comment. Uh, you can post a comment on our website at SupergirlRadio.com. Uh, if you want to email us, you can do that at supergirlradio at gmail.com. If you'd like to leave us a voicemail, you can call us at 678-718-7252 and make sure to write and call in before Tuesdays at 6.30 p.m. Eastern. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram, all at Supergirl Radio. You can listen to us on Google Play, iHeartRadio, Spotify, where we also have a Spotify playlist that includes music featured on and inspired by the Supergirl TV series. We are also on Radio Public and Podchaser. And we are on DC's fan page, which you can find at dccomics.com slash dc-fans. And we're also available on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher Radio. So if you have some time, we encourage you to give us a rating and write us a review over there. You can find all of the links to these things on supergirlradio.com on the right side of the page. And now we throw it over to Mark for the DCTV plugs. Supergirl Radio is part of the DCTV Podcast Network. So if you like Arrow, The Flash, still not as fast as Kara, Legends of Tomorrow, iZombie, Black Lightning, Krypton, Titans, Batwoman, or classic DCTV shows, or the upcoming Swamp Thing and Stargirl shows, you can subscribe to the mega feed on apple Podcasts, google play and stitcher follow at dctv podcast on twitter and like dctv podcast on facebook you can follow me on twitter at derby kid and instagram at the derby kid i am a contributor to a justice league universe podcast uh which we sometimes refer to as jlu podcast for short uh you can find that over at jluniverse.podomatic.com and i do a little voice acting on a podcast called the fakest and that's fakest with an i uh, which is a sketch comedy podcast about a TV station that reports solely on fake news. Um, and you can find me on um, Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Mojotastic. That's M-O-J-O-T-A-S-T-I-C. And you can also find me as co-host of the Legends of Tomorrow podcast. And uh, are there any plans in the works? Oh, I did. I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to give it away. <laughs> I don't want to give away the plans that we have failed to make yet. Uh, <laughs> but they're coming, and it's going to be. I don't want to hype anybody up too much but listening to it is going to change your whole life so (laughs) be prepared we won't be (laughs) well uh regardless i'm very excited about it uh whenever uh something chooses to present itself (laughs) whenever it happens to appear (laughs) i will be very very excited about it All right. Well, that's going to do it for us. So thanks for joining us as we read Supergirl Rebirth.